0: Welcome to the live stream. Dan and I were in a heated debate before this, and we were yelling at each other, as you can see. So, and I told Dan, shut up, we got to go
1: live. (laughs) And I can't, I don't know why, it's like our videos, it seems like it'll be blurry, and then it's not blurry, then it's blurry. I don't Oh, you look look fine now. I just got my hair cut, that's why I look so good. Yeah, that's what it is. You need to let me cut
0: your hair at some point. (laughs)
1: You, 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 You lost on the bet about me shaving.
0: Oh, wow. uh, I think I think uh, I can still work in that angle at some point. <laughs> 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 oh well, welcome everyone who is here. Um, I am going to pull up the chat really quickly so we can do a couple shout outs. Um, what we're going to do over the next hour here with me. This, by the way, this is Dan for you. Um Dan has a YouTube channel called theRateUpdate.com. We work on the the same team. I'm actually under Dan's. Dan's my boss. Uh, so we work on the same team um, and we work uh, on a team with a couple a handful of loan officers who can originate in all 50 states so we'd be happy to help um if you'd like um let's see who's in here that guy rye that of, guy course. Ray. Arrived. of course consistently always in i love it um who else asls2884 welcome uh, we're gonna get to questions here in just a second zachary lou uh, Antoine Reed. Um, who else? Janet. Good to see you. El Loco Diablo. Um, Siobhan Morgan, Trisha 11, Henry. Um, good to see all of you. So what we're going to do over the next hour, I always say hour, but it ends up being like two. Maybe we'll try to tighten that up a little bit today. Um, we're just going to answer your questions. So if you have home buying questions, ask them. Um, and we'd love to help. And that's about it i don't really have anything else in here <laughs> uh do you here, have anything I'll, at the top you want to
1: yeah i'll just I'll, I'll just start well there are some good news on the economy today for those that are from my channel um i used to do a the rate update every day and let you guys know what's going on with rates and all this other things so if you guys don't know rates are, are considerably down to where from where they, they were in november in november we peaked out at about 7.375 I can almost bet that tomorrow we're going to be back in the fives. Yes, believe it or not, back in the fives. So if you, if anybody was out there and they, they, you know, you, you refinanced or you bought your house already, I talked to several people today. I talked to one, one borrower that's looking to buy a Kyle, looking to buy a rental property, and she just closed in December at seven point one two five with one point on a VA loan. Today Oof, we could do five point nine. Today Outside we could family? get five point nine nine with no points. So we, were, we, we could kill what she was getting offered, but that's not why we're here. We're here to answer the questions that you guys have. But on the economic front, inflation is starting to really uh, come down. And that's what's causing interest rates to come back down in line, getting back to kind of some normal levels. So we're going to start seeing mortgage rates ease a little bit more. Federal Reserve is expected to raise rates one more time, a quarter percent. Uh, What happened today was we had inflation numbers that are really starting to show inflation cooling down, especially on the manufacturing front. So that's that part
0: of it. Now, I do want to ask you a question really quickly, uh, because I feel like what what happens a lot is sometimes you hear like the Fed's going to raise rates and then people think, Oh, no, like mortgage rates are increasing again, and it kind of causes this bad news cycle. Can yeah. you explain what the Fed rate is, how it impacts mortgage rates, and how inflation's in the mix as well? Just so when we hear like interest rates uh, increasing or the rates increasing from the Fed, it's not sure. like the end of the world.
1: Okay, in its simplest terms, here's what it is. The Federal Reserve was created and they have two mandates, basically two reasons why they were created. One was uh, full employment to help the economy stay at full employment. And the other one was uh, price stability, AKA inflation. Well, they've done a pretty dismal job on the inflation front over the past couple of years, but uh, that's starting to come back down in, in line right now. So what the Federal Reserve controls is basically called the federal funds rate. It has nothing to do with mortgages, absolutely nothing to do with mortgages. Neither does the treasury bills. So you, some people watch the treasury bonds and they'll say, well, the 10-year treasury is up today, that means mortgage rates are up today. No, it doesn't. Mortgage rates are factored in by a, a, an element or a bond that trades on Wall Street that's called a mortgage-backed security. So what happens is what you're seeing right now is the Federal Reserve is raising rates uh, to kind of curtail inflation. So they're raising the federal funds rate. What happens almost instantaneously when the Federal Reserve raises rates is your credit card and your car interest rates are gonna change. They change kind of in accordance to what the Federal Reserve is doing. Mortgage rates are tied to a bond that trades on Wall Street that's called a mortgage-backed security. So we've seen there there is some usually some correlation between the mortgage bond and normal corporate or uh, Treasury bills, but there doesn't have to be. So when on my channel every day though I used to go over and I do it basically once a week right now is I explain to you. You know what the mbs market is doing the mortgage-backed security bond market's doing and the why's behind it why is it going up and down what we've seen over the past year is the the fear of higher and higher and higher inflation in the horizon knowing that the federal reserve is going to continue to raise rates that's one thing another thing that happened is over the pandemic and for the past few years the federal reserve has stepped in and they've been buying actually buying mortgage-backed securities on wall street artificially driving down the prices or I'm sorry, up the prices and the yields down. So how bonds work is basically, you, know, you, you buy a bond today. Here's a good example. Let's say you buy a bond today and you paid, you know, you, you, the maturity of the, the bond for a year from now is $100. So I give you $100 today and a year from now, you give me $100 back and I bought the mortgage-backed security bond. What is my yield on that? Well, it's, it's, it's zero. Okay. It's zero because I give you a hundred dollars and I get a hundred dollars back. Well, let's say if the price, let me just show you how this works. If the price goes down, how the rates go up. Okay. So let's say for that bond. Now I give you $50 today and next year I get my hundred dollars back. Well, the yield on that rate is hundred percent. You doubled your money. So do you see how when the rate or the price goes down? yields go up. So what we, what I monitor on a daily basis is what the mortgage-backed security market is doing. So if it's going up or down, I know rates are going up. But today's news and a lot of the economic news that we monitor, especially I monitor a lot, is i I kind of been predicting a lot of these things that are happening. And now we're starting to see the, the actually bond prices going up for, you know, there's more and more people looking to buy bonds because the whole world you have to think of it the whole world can buy our bonds and a lot of parts of the world right now are in really dismal situations so they're buying our bonds thus increasing the price and driving down the yields um that's you believe I have a
0: calculator for this
1: that's that's the boring explanation of you know how all this stuff works So if you want to check out that content, you know, check out my channel. Uh, But most people check out Kyle's channel because he's a a handsome looking fella. (laughs) I hope that's not the only reason. He actually goes through, everybody rants and raves are like, oh my God, his, his videos are so fantastic because he explains in great detail these products. Well, that's what he does on my side. I'm more on the economic side. I'm trying to let you guys know, you know, where mortgage rates are going with the economic news is coming out that might, you know, play havoc on mortgage rates again, or we might continue to see mortgage rates come down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Dan's channel is linked, uh, in the title. Let me double check that that's true. Uh, yep. 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 So you're able to click on that right there. Dan, can you see my screen? Or can you see like the Excel document on the screen?
1: Bond price. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I actually, just to illustrate what you're talking about, uh, cause those bonds are an easy way to think about it is that they're issued, uh, as a hundred dollar face value and then they have a return to them. Right. So let's say it's a hundred dollars and they return. Uh, what do you think would be a fair return on this? Maybe like four and a half, three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Put four and a half just for,
0: just an example. Yeah. So to your point of what you're saying, what ends up happening is let's say the price goes up to like, extreme example, 120. uh, it starts trading at that. Cause there's gets more demand in the same way where like there's more demand for home prices and the home prices increase, if there's more demand for those bonds by pricing, the price increases as well. So, uh, I just actually looked up an article about the fed, uh, over, you know, the, the time period of COVID when they were doing what you're talking about, purchasing these mm-hmm. bonds uh or mortgage backed securities 1 trillion dollars uh, you probably can't 1 trillion dollars worth of mortgage backed securities going out and increasing the price of mortgage backed securities when they're traded and what that ends up doing goes from 4.5 to let's say you know 3.75 so the yield actually comes down on that because the price is higher and it's just a very simple equation we just take you know the actual price the rate um, divided by the new price times a hundred. And that's what the new yield would be. Um, so this is just illustrating what Dan. Was talking yeah. about.
1: And that's, that's perfect. So that's why we've seen the fed raise rates. Well, we saw mortgage rates skyrocket or go last year from three to seven. Uh, but now we're down, like I said, we're, we were at 7.375 in November. We're probably going to be about 599 tomorrow open. It's a substantial drop in rates.
0: Okay, I've actually never asked you this. What, what's your opinion yep. on? So obviously we went from we went from quantitative uh, easing, where oh. you know the the Fed is like purchasing uh, billions of dollars a month. I think it was around, Fort, 40, around, billion. It was 40, around 40 billion. 40 billion a month. A month.
1: 40, um, think and, of that billion.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's obviously lowering interest rates, which is why yeah. you know we we were at that kind of like high twos, low three percent interest rate market. Um, And right now, what the Fed has been doing is they've been allowing things to naturally fall off the balance sheet. So the bonds that they had in there, just like a mortgage, you know, expires after 30 years, you can pay it off. Um, The same thing is happening inside of those bonds as well. So they're getting paid off and they're coming off of the balance sheet. Um, What is your opinion on uh, if the
1: Fed switches to quantitative tightening? They are. They've actually, they are starting to sell. So that was the, that was the huge hiccup. About Q3, Q4 of last year, they 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 started selling, and so what that means is, so here's what happened, and I, I know you, a lot of you guys might not care about the economics, but we're on the topic is, they they artificially they were going in buying up forty billion dollars a month in mortgage-backed securities. So think of that; they're driving up the price, okay? Because they keep bidding and bidding, and they're bidding against other other people. You actually, you know, people might have a uh, some of these bonds in their four hundred one k program. So I don't know. So they were artificially buying and buying and buying these like crazy, driving up the prices and artificially lowering the rates. So now what they did is they stopped buying for a while. Now they're starting to sell some of those bonds back in the market. And so we have like t- today, I got an Ill- illiquidity alert saying there's too many bonds in the market. And we saw a kind of a hiccup in the bond market today. Um, but it, that's what's happening. So. That's one piece of the puzzle. When I talk to a lot of analysts, I'm like, so what's what's your take on quantitative tightening? And a lot of people are like, you know what? I, I didn't even think of that. Well, I've been thinking about that because I'm thinking, well, the normal rate right now should be, we should be about five and a half percent. We're, yeah. you know, we were still teetering in the six and a half percent ranges uh, because I think there's there's just not a lot. There's not a lot of people buying mortgage-backed securities right now. And then now you have the Federal Reserve flooding the market with more and more of them. So the prices are declining because there's way too many bonds in the market. And thus what happens when they decline mortgage rates go up so there's got to be there's going to be a washout phase and that's where that's where I'm having a tough time predicting yeah. where we're going to be in rates for the next year because they have they've had like you said they have a trillion dollars in bonds they got to get rid of at some point and you can't just dump them in the market because there's not enough investors buying those bonds so yeah. that's going to be a trick and they're they're actually they're managing this pretty darn well to believe it or not but yeah, I, I can, I've seen rate, my expectations yeah. were rates would be about five and a half this year and kind of stay steady at that. And uh, that's where I'm, I'm still expecting us to be in that range.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, let's hop into some questions yeah. here. i um, not
1: economics.
0: <laughs> as much as I love economics, I did so bad in economics in college. It's rough. See,
1: that's what my degree's in.
0: Oof, man.
1: But, yeah, yeah, so
0: you, you definitely are, are qualified. all right what do we got what do we got all right uh asls2884 you know you emailed me and told me your username hmm, you said it looks like something and i can't remember what you said remind me on what it looks like um okay i owe about 17 more payments on my car loan should i pay it down so the total due will equal less than 10 payments and not be considered in my dti for fha Quick answer. Unfortunately, they don't allow you to game the system that way. It does have to be down to its amortized 10 payments left. You can't pay it down to the 10 payment mark to have that counted off.
1: I wish that would be very nice. Um, Let's just throw something out there too. If you're leasing a car, um, you you're, you can't really prepay that lease and, and not include it in your debt ratio because the expectations are, well, the lease is up. Now you got to turn in the car and get another car, so you're going to ha- either have another lease payment or car payment. So there is there is different answers. It depends on if you own it or if you're leasing the car. Awesome,
0: um, uh, Lisa. You said the sound is is off here. Look, I fixed my. Uh, look, it says the not, stream not? is healthy, so I think I think we're good. It, it may be on your end, but let me know if that's still acting up.
1: I'll try to um, move my
0: a little bit closer to. El Diablo, how is self-employment income calculated and assessed for FHA, conventional loans? How far back does one need to provide their income history for self-traditional employment for those types of loans? Dan is our resident self-employment income expert,
1: Woo-hoo. self-proclaimed- Okay, so there, there is differences <laughs> between FHA and conventional, maybe. So what's normally analyzed is your the last two years of your taxes, um, and we- So what you need to do is go to your Schedule C on your taxes. We don't wanna know what's all the the way at the top, your gross sales. We wanna know what the bottom is for your net income. But how it's worked is FHA will require two years of of full tax returns. And if you're a corporation, we'll need the corporate returns and your personal returns. However, if you've been in business for five years or more, uh, a lot of times we'll get it when we run Freddie Mac, now, we can explain that in another video, maybe. A lot of times, Freddie Mac, who does a lot of approvals for conventional financing, will only ask for one year of taxes. And again, you if you're in business over five years, okay? So it doesn't mean for sure it's gonna be one year of taxes, but the stronger your credit and everything else, most likely it's only gonna ask for one year of your tax returns. And how they get analyzed is we basically just take your net profit. You can add back any depreciation or depletion divide that by 12 and that's your income. Yep.
0: Um, Siobhan, you asked what's going on with interest rates right now. Uh, we just covered that. So uh, I have the rewind feature on the lives on, so you can just scroll back. Um, if you want to take a look there, uh, Henry, welcome to 2. Hello from Atlanta. I have a USD loan Ooh. with a great interest rate, but no one can beat the rate and lenders just seem to push away. Um, so you already have a USDA loan, but when you say beat the rate, do you mean for like a refinance? Because um, if you already have one, I'm not sure uh, what. Keep it, yeah. Yeah, um, I have
1: a USDA loan. That but if you can be, clarify, make me, I'm a, yeah, I'm All trying right. to read word by word by two. And if you go to yeah. now, hello from Atlanta, I have a USDA loan, great interest rate. So if you're shopping around, actually, Kyle has a a. a a link that you can go to, and you can actually download your quote, and we'll check it for you. And I am usually the one who gets those. I'll do a quick video, I'll run an analysis of it, and send you a video back on you know what we can do for you. Um, most of the time, like today, I had somebody that they, they got pre approved, they were at six point six two five on a, um, I think it was a VA loan, six point six two five plus one point. Um, we were at 5.99 with no points. So at that point it was a $700,000 loan. So we were saving the client $9,000 in fees and got a rate. Um, I think the rate was like 0.625 or a little bit more than that, more or less than what they, they had the quote. So yeah. Kyle has a, has a link that you can just download your loan estimate in there. We'll review it and get right back to you.
0: Yeah. But sometimes uh... if it
1: sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true.
0: Yeah. And that, we just started tracking some of the different like savings differences here, because um, I put them through a mortgage calculator that I built. That one that Dan just mentioned that was like forty seven thousand eight hundred fifteen dollars over ten years in savings um, through interest, uh, just on and upfront fees on that loan. So um, I will say lenders pushing away USDA is a really unfortunate thing. I love USDA loans a little bit partially because like I live in an area where like USDA is more common. And uh I was always used to a lot of loan officers around here. Don't like, don't like, they don't do USDA. I think people just get confused or I don't know. Um, it's a form. And, yeah. So I was, so I was like, I'm going to become great at USDA loans. I love them. I think they're fantastic. Um
1: They are so good. They that's a, it's a bummer. That, no money down.
0: Yeah. So it's a bummer that a lot of like companies don't want to do them. Uh, I think it's absurd. We do them in all fifty states, so we're happy to help. Yep. Just uh, right, right up here. I wish I could that bring man. my finger over to Dan's side. Go ahead, do it. We now. need to do like if we both are on green screens, we can like cross. Now. We can like do it now. Look,
1: it might look Wait. if you if you point up there oh, now. It shoot, might this look is like so it. hard. Wait.
0: <laughs>
1: Wait. Oh, right there,
0: his his wrist is broken. <laughs> oh, we're close uh trisha right, 11...
1: man, i i screw up all your videos because you're using nice calm and collect and i come in here and mess them all up
0: no you I gotta add
1: some humor yeah i
0: think it's good sometimes i can be a little too uh too too dry too business uh trisha welcome uh thank you for being here anthony um shed martinez i've seen you a couple times thanks for being here and asking your question you said once a 203k closes can you move things in before all the work is done?
1: Yes. The 203 K basically is you're going to get draws during a, a certain time frame to use, to fix the house. So for example, let's say you were putting in new kitchen appliances and countertops and cabinets, and that was just one of the projects you're moved in. Everything's going good. What'll happen is you fi- you finish all that stuff. You call the lender, They'll have an inspector come out saying, "Yep, everything looks good," and then they'll release those funds. But absolutely, you can move in because many times a two or three k loan, one of the ones is basically you're doing TLC. Other ones, you you are doing structural things. But as long as you have, I mean, as long as you can live there and you have an occupancy permit and it's livable, yeah, you're by all means, you can live there.
0: Yep. Yeah, and like Dan mentioned too, if you if you don't have a, a certificate of occupancy on that, you obviously can't live in there yet. Um, but you will need that to live there. But you can move stuff in. Um, Siobhan Morgan, what is the minimum credit score for a good mortgage rate? Um, so I, I, this question gets asked a lot and it's kind of hard to answer um, because mortgage rates are all based off of uh, a credit score scale. So it really is the better your credit score, the lower the interest rate is. The lower your credit score, the higher the interest rate is. Um, and it's all bracketed based on different credit scores that you have. Um, and I can show you a quick example here. Um, let's see, any May, LLPAs. This will help illustrate this a little bit. Um, so as we look in here, this shows different uh, rate differences based on your credit score. Um, and so all of this is kind of the back backend uh, that lenders use to see what kind of interest rate you're going to get. Um, so for instance, this, the chart tops out at 640, and this is on a conventional loan. It's different on FHA and VA and USDA, uh, but it tops out at 640. So when you say a good rate, well, you can get, you know, good is kind of relative to your credit score. So anything above 740, if you have an 800, unfortunately you don't get bonus points. Uh, maybe we'll get you a sticker if, if that helps, but above 740, you can't get a lower rate than that. Um, then we have 720 to 739, then it goes to 700, 680, 660, 640, 620. Is the minimum for conventional so that's how it all is going to work uh in between there
1: um it is it's really confusing on how all that works if you if we, we could actually share we should share a rate sheet one day so everybody can see how many pages there are and how many adjustments <laughs> can be actually yeah. it's not Thank God it's all automated right now. And we have, we, last week, if you guys want to check out last week's video, we actually showed you behind the scenes on what we do. It's a system we use. We plug in all your information and it scans the whole country, letting us know what other banks were set up with that we can use their products and rates. And it allows us to basically do your shopping for you. Yep. Um, but that's the, the rate. If you ever saw a rate sheet, it, it's very, very confusing.
0: Uh, Allie 2.0 said, uh, this is a related does income affect interest rate um, in uh, a indirect way it can so your income doesn't directly affect the interest rate but it may affect the loan program you qualify for and that loan program may have a different interest rate a really common example is uh what can be kind of confusing are there are multiple types of conventional loans so you have kind of a standard conventional loan but inside of that uh fannie mae and freddie mac who make the rules for conventional loans have these two programs and they're basically the same thing. They're called home ready and home possible. And they call these, their affordable programs. Basically what happens is you have to be under a certain income limit. And if you qualify for that, um, you can get a lower interest rate and lower mortgage insurance than you would on a standard conventional loan. So your income doesn't directly affect the rate on something like a standard conventional loan or an FHA loan or VA, but it may help you qualify for certain programs that do inherently have a lower interest rate. That is a great question, though. Um, Trisha eleven said, "Our mortgage rates are different in each state." Is the one you shared an average? You want to take that?
1: Yeah, the interest rates are normally the same everywhere. Some lenders might have some specific hits for certain areas. They used to that used to be predominant, kind of via region. If you're in the Midwest region, here's your rates and so forth. I don't really think that's that's there anymore. Uh, there might be some with some lenders, but normally no, it doesn't really matter what state you're in. Some states are a little more difficult to get mortgages in like Texas, for example. New York's really difficult. We do all these states and we know how to do them. But many times, you know, there, if you, especially when in you're your in New York, you, you have a really tough time getting a mortgage. And I've been doing this, actually last week was my 34 years doing mortgages. And this year, or within the last six months is the first time I started doing New York, believe it or not. Um, and it's, it's awesome. But yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of loans in New York and I feel bad for people up there because they just don't have a lot of options. But now we are one of those options.
0: Uh, Anish said, would love to see the sheets with all the info if you can. Um sure. yeah, we can work on putting that together. Uh I think I think what's cool, uh you know, I think for selfishly saying this, Dan, you and I like we want to show that what's kinda of happening behind the scenes. I think that's always been something that I like doing because do sometimes it just feels like mortgages can be this like, uh, what's the Wizard of Oz person behind like the curtain where it's like who's it's who's off. running the whole thing? Oh it's uh yeah. Am I Come dumb? On, buddy. If you rewind what? this. We can. Oh, I guess we'll, we'll edit that out. It, <laughs> wait. 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 No. 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 Hold on. He's got a name, right? It's, it's not Oz? just the Wizard of Oz. Like, I
1: don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
0: Am I? Am I dumb?
1: Okay. We need a vote out there. Who? What's the guy's name behind the curtain? in Wizard, Wizard of
0: Oz's Oz name?
1: I think it's Oz. Now I could be completely wrong. Come on, people, help us here. Help us here.
0: Oz the Great and Terrible. All right. So
1: you got to shave your mustache. I'm I'm, d- I'm dumb.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, it's, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. I can feel We'd like, like that. So guys,
1: here's the frustrating part is I had probably, I have about 10, at least 10 consultations <coughs> a day with people. And the frustrating part is how, how confused so many people are when they call me and some of them are already pre-approved and they're like, I keep asking my loan officer this and that and I, I don't get an answer. I had another person today that said, I mean, basically at the end of this, they they are like, We had to close on our loan, but we end up finding the broker charged us twenty thousand dollars as a fee. I mean, it was a big loan, but they charged them twenty dollars they kind of hit it on I couldn't even find it when it when it comes to some of the paperwork. And I'm like, Oh my God, you, you really did. Wow. They really did pay twenty twenty it was was it as just po- was it as points? It was a broker fee. Oh my god. I don't even know yeah. how that passed. So, out. and they're like the broker would never take my calls and when I asked them things, it was they were really vague. If that happens, you call us, please. Hmm. Um, so I'd like to find out if you guys are please put put in all your questions. Let us know where you guys are calling are coming in from. You know, are you coming in from Texas, Arizona, Oregon, Ooh, yeah. uh, Wisconsin? I say Oregon wrong or Oregon. I say so it weird. So you're going to tr- you're going to trigger Drew and he's going to he's going to come out Drew of the on shadows. Today,
0: I haven't seen Drew yet. Um, Rachel said, can you discuss getting a mortgage after just accepting a new job? Um, For most people, this isn't really much of an issue. Um, As long as you're working in a similar line of work, uh, then starting your new job, and it kind of depends on the underwriter, um, but usually one to two pay stubs. Two pay stubs is going to be a lot stronger. So about two weeks to four weeks worth of income shown on your new job, just to make sure it lines up with what you were making. Um, the only stipulation in here is if your job has a certain uh, probationary period that has um, uh, different outlines for, it's uh, the word I'm looking for here, conditions?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it also depends on, you know, if you make commissions, bonuses, tips, uh, those can be really difficult on a job change. But if you're just going from, you know, you, you work in IT, you worked at a place for a year, and now you you're, you're a year or two, and now you're going to another place. Basically, the same thing, but pay raise. Don't worry about it. What you got to be worried about is when you start having multiple months of not working. So then, the, on the lender side, they're thinking, is there a problem here? You know, because can can most people can't afford, you know, to continually go without a job without really getting hurt financially and with their creditors. So that's the thought behind a lot of it.
0: Dan, you brought him out. You brought him out of the shadows. <laughs> Drew, what's up? Coming from Oregon. Oregon. Uh, NYC Metro Detroit. Oregon. Uh let's so see cool. T- Dallas. Oregon. Uh <laughs> see, I feel like I
1: feel like we're being Name.
0: gaslit on how it's Oregon, right?
1: Oregon. Oregon.
0: The way Drew, O-R. the way you put it out, doesn't help because it could, you could be. Are you saying or E
1: Gun, or, or I don't know. Or, if you're from the state of Or, we love you.
0: Florida, Oregon, Oregon. So
1: cool. I mean, there's people from coast to coast.
0: Uh, let me find back here. Hawaii. Ooh, that's fun. I'm sure Hawaii is a tough market to be in right now um minneapolis connecticut Mm -hmm. look at that uh you know what's interesting is it's normally a lot of the new england states i feel like um we don't hear a lot from uh had had a
1: couple consultations this today and yesterday from that that section up there probably three or four people oh sweet i want to take a nice little uh
0: fall trip to rhode island and maine and the whole deal Um, Alexander from Denver, Mount Washington, Kentucky, Minneapolis, California, Ocala, is it Ocala? Ocala, Florida? Um, Reign of Terror said, why would you even think about buying a house in this market? Um, Well, primarily because housing for a lot of people isn't about uh, money, frankly. It's not about investing or making a return. I just bought a couple months ago um, because I didn't want to rent anymore. And if the market, if I lose value in my home, that's okay. I'm going to be here for a while. Um, And statistically, what we've seen in the market is that uh, even after the 2008 crash, which is completely different uh, credit market than we're in right now, is it took you six, uh, if you bought at the height, it takes you six years to get back to break even. Um, So a lot of people buy it because they can't uh, maintain their current living position, uh, Position. Maybe because there was mold or the roof is falling in. Some people are having a divorce. Some people are growing their family uh, and they need an extra room. They need extra space. They need a place for their dog uh, to be able to run around. Plenty of reasons why people buy a house um, other than trying to make a buck. Uh, Skull splitter, fun, aggressive name. (laughs) Uh, My brother is in the army. Um, He's in Germany at the moment. Won't be back until next year. Can he buy a house in California? Can he come over the weekend to do the paperwork?
1: yes i don't do you know that the is there a clause in there of when they have to be have to move in? I don't think there is because or, I, I did I did somebody who was employed. Er, I'm not employed what's it deployed uh, I did several of those uh, sub, a couple of years back but do you know i don't I don't really know if there's a time frame when they have to be back I don't think there is um
0: yeah, so when you are in the military, occupancy changes. Uh, the rules change because normally it's 60 days that you need to move in. Um, here's the Fannie Mae guideline where it says military service members, um, currently on active duty and temporarily absent from the president residence, uh, is considered to be an owner occupant. The lender must verify the temporary absence. So other than that, there isn't a requirement of when you have to be in it just has
1: to be verified and you're good. Got it. That's what I thought. Cool. 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 And tell your brother, thank you.
0: Um, sorry, I lost my spot. Uh, Janet, uh, do you feel the real estate transactions might reduce 40% in the next five months?
1: If you ask me, no, if you could sit in my chair for a day, you'd see the demand for housing is huge. Like I think yesterday we had 33 consultations. So um, you know, a lot of here's the horror stories about a lot of this. Just so you guys know, there is, there is a housing shortage. Um, believe it or not some people say there isn't and there is I don't really want to get in our goal here is to help you if you if and when you decide you think it's a good time to buy for you that's what we're here for we're not we try not to predict what house prices are going to do with mortgage rates I just give you my opinion like on my channel I say you know here's what's happening this week in the economy here's what's probably going to happen with interest rates you know when you when you watch some of these channels that says you know Housing's going to crash 50% or whatever. And then on the other side of the channel, they're telling me we're we're crazy. None of us know. So I, I just wanted to kind of start a clean slate in 2023. Our goal here now is to help educate you guys. Once you decide you want to buy a house, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you educate you on the, what the, why the, where the programs and all that. And that's why you're here. You know, just get here's, that, get that education.
0: Here's my foil hat moment is, yep. uh, what I am seeing a lot, What I'm seeing a few people do is they do the don't buy now thing, Um, but then they go and they sell services on here's where to buy. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Your message was don't buy. Yeah. And you realize it's not connecting. I watched a video of someone who said uh, don't buy a house now, and then they were talking about them buying a house. And I think it's really, um, I don't know what the word is, but like, it's really strange to talk about. To assume that like other people couldn't be like me. So for instance, is this an ideal market to buy in? Uh, Not necessarily compared to like what's happened historically um, and like the great interest rates and lower purchase prices. But like I still bought a house because it made sense for my financial situation and made sense for like my life situation. And like it would be really strange of me to assume that other people aren't going through what I'm going through. (laughs) And to assume that like there's this general void of a person who just, if it doesn't, if the math doesn't make sense, then they're not going to do it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just very strange to see um, that plus, like, are you on Instagram much, Dan? Never. Do you have an Instagram?
1: I, I think I do. I don't know if I, if I really <laughs> ever, I think i screwed that's, around all, with it once or twice, but yeah. That's that, the that, answer. That, The tough thing is when you start getting into predictions and all this other stuff, we, we don't know. And I finally decided, you know, I'm not going to predict anymore. It, you know, we're just here to provide you guys with the tools and the education of, you know, if you want to know about a program, love to help. You know, if you sat in our shoes for a day, you'd see so many people that are, that are in situations where their landlord just doubled their rent uh, and all the rents in yeah. the area, or they've been in the house for five years. And now all of a sudden the landlord sells and now they got to go out to the rental market and the rents are double. And they're like, well, heck I can now, my, I can get a that's house what, and have uh, the same payment. So th- you, you have to watch where it's like, you know, not everybody's in, in the housing market just to, you know, buy it and, and sell it in a year and make 50%. Cause that's not the norm. And it's not the, you know, throughout history, we see about a three or 4% increase in values. So yeah. you know, most of the time you're not going to get stupid rich on a house past few years you have been, but th- that's not the norm. Um, yeah.
0: so that's what Rachel that's- just said. Uh, I want to buy because my rent increased $400. And that's been very common that we've been seeing as well as oh, every a lot of people day. Who do are yeah, and it's it's several hundred dollars at a time. Um, Henry, uh, you said can DACA recipients apply for a first-time home buyer program? Yes. Uh on conventional loans and FHA loans, FHA just recently did that in the past year. Um uh, actually I'm sorry, past year or two. Um are you familiar with VA and USDA guidelines on DACA?
1: Yeah, they'll uh I don't know. I I I approved got one approved today. Uh, it was FHA, but yeah, you can do FHA and conventional. I do not know on uh, VA USDA. I think government yeah. loans you can. So they that usually, would mean yeah.
0: I'm pretty They'll sure that follow you're... HUD's guidance, but I'm not. Yeah, reach out They'll to us. So usually follow FHA. Hi um, May, good to see you here. Jaime's in the chat. Uh, Deluxe Dutch. My wife and I are going to be using a USDA loan. My wife's income puts us over the income limit. But after the move in, she's going to be a stay at home mom. What is the latest? When is the latest she can quit her job? Um, That's a tough one. Uh, It's going to have to be they're not going to be able to go off of a future, you know, in the future, she'll quit and then be a stay at home mom and and then it will work. You're going to have to since she already has income, it's going to have to be documented that she's not working anymore for that income to not be counted on the loan.
1: With the USDA loan, they count the household income, so it is part of the, that equation. So if you if you exceed the, the income limitations, you're not going to be qualified to do a USDA loan just to let yeah. you know. So she's going to have to go through and do, do the closing. She'd probably have to quit now and document that. So that's not a part of the income and would deem you eligible for USDA. Yeah. So don't get, so don't go down the path thinking you're going to get it, close it on a USDA loan, get in the house and then she can quit because the household income's used. I would check with your mortgage person now to, to that they know all this stuff because you're going to, you're going down a, a road and you're going to hit a brick wall.
0: Interesting. Drew, you said you tell them that you're quitting in the next three years. I'm not 100% certain that that would, uh, are you sure? I don't think that's going to fly. I
1: a smart ass. <laughs>
0: Uh, Lisa's, <laughs> Lisa said, well, what's hard is every once in a while, Drew comes in with, like, great guidelines. And the other half, he comes in with, like, <laughs> not great guidelines as a joke. And I'm like, which one? Are you, which what? Which side are we on at the moment? Uh, Lee, I appreciate your super chat. I'm going to get to that here in just one second. Um, uh, what is your experience with the FHA 203K? And have you heard of... Uh, of America's Community Home Mortgage Ownership Commitment Grant, that's a mouthful, uh, from Bank of America. Um, I do have a video on the Bank of America one. Um, we It's only through Bank of America, so I don't have any experience with it because we can't do it. Um, so I'm not entirely sure about that one. And then Dan, do you want to talk about uh, 203K?
1: Yeah, 203 ks I, I I have a lot of experience with them. There's two variations of it. Um, there is what's called I call it a streamline I think that's called I don't know if they call it a regular or what but there's a I call it the limited I think the technical order is limited so there's a two or three k limited with the limited that that's an easy loan actually to get through but it'll only give you up to thirty thousand dollars to do the work so the work has to be just basically cosmetic you can paint you can put in you know cabinets new appliances things like that um, you'll need to get you, you you need to get invoices or uh, uh, receipts or something to show you know how much these items are going to cost you, okay? So that's one. Now, if you're going to do major renovations, you need a full 203k loan. Full loan, full 203k loans are they're they're doable. I, I always have stayed a, away from them for the past five, six, seven years because they were brutal. Because you have to hire an FHA kind of counselor. You have to. They then have to help you get quotes from a bunch of uh, contractors that they they approve because they're going to need the licensing and all this stuff. So basically, you have to hire an FHA person to kind of be your subcontractor in the whole thing, and it can be really, really daunting. I guess is the best way. Um, and then the Bank of America thing. Please check out as much as you can about that because every everything that I've read on it, videos I've seen, and the guidelines that I that I read through make no sense. And a friend of mine who actually dug into it as well, he's like, it's a complete farce. So I don't want to say that for verbatim, but check it out for yourself. But from everything I'm finding out, it's 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 not a good program. And I don't even know. I think they did it for PR reasons. Which program? Oh, the Bank of America. Wasn't wasn't that the wasn't that the program, this specific one that they came out with and said you had to be in low income, you had to be in these cities, you had to be in this. Was that one that they had on that? Was that that one?
0: There's, there's multiple types of them um, okay but I'm not off the top of my head I'm not 100% certain going back to the USDA question real quick I did look through the guidelines if anybody wants to understand how like every once in a while when Dan and I are like well we're not entirely certain this is 67 pages on one type of loan about income requirements just income so like <laughs> to answer the question about USDA, uh, Drew, let me know if I'm reading this incorrectly. Uh, it shows... Oh, I just had it. Where did it go? Um, verified changes of income uh, must be documented, including uh, but not limited to pending retirement, resignation-tendered document raise that will uh, occur prior to loan closing. So in that situation, I'm pretty sure it's going to have to be uh, show like a, a resignation-tendered prior to loan, loan closing based on the guidelines. Um, but if I'm reading that wrong... Please let me know. Um, sweet. Let me where. Where are we at in the questions here? Every once in a while, I get a little lost. Um, we have a super chat from Lee. Hey Lee. Um, how difficult is it to get a loan for adding an extension on a home or adding building, uh, building barn on the property? What's the process on it? Um, Dan, do you want to cover that because you just talked about yep. uh, two yeah.
1: threes? So there, there's two variations that you can do. Uh, extended to okay so you're going to need a 203k uh full or there's also a home renovation loan with on conventional financing they're both kind of similar what you're going to have to do is you can't do the work yourself just so you know you'd have to get contractor bids contractor bids have to get a, a sent in and, and approved and all that we can walk you through this process um it it probably would be best if you can go with the the home renovation the conventional one cuz again the, the the FHA one requires that you get an FHA subcontractor and then they go out and get FHA contractors and it's it's just a whole it's really difficult um, I'm not saying it's impossible because there's millions of the, the loans done each year, but the conventional one is is a little more easier. And it also is cheaper based on what your credit scores are and the loan amount you're looking for. So there are conventional NFHA programs for you. you know, please click that and we can do a consultation and walk you through both those programs or all three of the programs and which one might be best for you. Did
0: you hear me hit my knee?
1: Wow. No, okay. You, almost fallen off the chair.
0: <laughs> um, Anthony, can you talk about reserves required for conventional or DSCR? Um, I'm assuming you're talking about investment conventional, if that's the case. Um, for investment conventional loans, it's really going to depend on the AUS, uh, the automated underwriting software on what's going to be required here. Uh, I would anticipate three to six months. Um, For DSCR, again, this is going to be different. Uh, They don't DSCR loans don't have an automated underwriting software. Um, They're going to go off of uh, a whole guideline sheet, Um, and this is going to depend on the down payment. But again, I would expect three. Sometimes the DSCR programs you can expect up to twelve months. Depends on like how much you're putting down and what your credit score is as well. So unfortunately, It's it's
1: kind of the tough thing is with the DSCRs too because it's in, investor specific. So when you're getting an FHA loan or a conventional loan, we all use Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. You know, and if you don't know those, don't, don't worry about it. it. It's all centralized in, in those areas. When you start talking about DSCRs, those are what they're, they're called non-QM loans. So those are basically a, a company opened up, they have their own money and they're willing to lend you their own money uh, on this. So they could technically come up with their own guidelines. However, they all are very similar. I have a couple going on right now. One bank uh, required three months of reserves, the other bank required six months of reserves. So obviously I'm gonna go with the three months reserves if that's all we have. Uh, but we, we, that's where we help you go through because we have probably 50 different uh, non-QM lenders and we have all their programs available to us.
0: Um, luxury Card sco- Store said, didn't you make a video about Bank of America? Are you now saying it's not a good product? Um, yeah, I made two videos on the guidelines for the program. Um, I don't have any feelings on if it's good or bad. Um, and I, I mentioned that in the video because you know I, we can't do ban- it's Bank of America, we're not Bank of America. Um, so we can't do the loan. So I don't know the experience of working with them. So it could be good from what I've heard some people who have said it worked great for them and other people said it was the worst thing that they went through. So that really puts us into a very neutral average territory (laughs) of, uh, I don't have personal opinions on it. Um, but I'm trying to think of the best way to find like the experience of it would really be somebody who's gone through the program, um, would be the best way to get that.
1: If you hear some noise in the background on me, we got, it's either hailing or freezing rain. I'm in my sunroom Hmm. and I got all sunroof sun things up here and it's tinking up there. I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't hear anything okay cool let's see
0: william ford um oh also i had to make the chat subscriber only just so we can like catch up on some of these uh cool oh wait i just had it looking to buy william said i'm looking to buy a house in arizona with the usda loan the listing states uh three percent buyer agency compensation what is that and where would that be added to my costs um, so it's very typical uh, from everywhere I know that the seller is going to be the one who pays for the realtor. So what's average in the U.S. is for the seller to pay 3% to the buyer's agent and 3% to the seller's agent. So you will not be paying that, um, but it will effectively be part of the purchase price. Uh, if that. um what ways can I get approved for a conventional loan if there is roof or structural damage, it was briefly mentioned in one of your di- videos, um, Dan. Do you want to really quickly cover the uh, conventional renovation?
1: Yeah, the if you have structural damage on w- with a conventional loan, you got problems. So you're probably going to have to get a home renovation loan or a two hundred three K loan. I would, I w- if you got to approve pre approved for a conventional loan, I would go the conventional route for the home renovations. Um, because the the problem is is it's a roof with structural damage. That's the key wording in there, because uh, m- many times conventional appraisals aren't that tough. You know, you can have a broken window or peeling paint or, you know, things wrong with the house. It'll never pass FHA inspection, but many times it'll, it'll clear right through on a conventional loan. When you start having roof and structural damage, even the lender kind of backs off. They're like, you know, cause you gotta look at it. You might be buying a house and you're putting down 3% or 5%. The lender's putting the lion's share of the money up front. We don't, I'm not the lender, but we don't want a house with structural damage in the roof because if you end up not paying, you know, out of the gate and you walk away from the house, we're stuck with a house that has roof damage with a big lean on it. And now we got to get it fixed. And now we got to yeah. try to sell it and, and recoup all our money. And it's just a lot leader for the lender. So that's why you're you're going to have a, a trouble with the, the roof and structural damage.
0: Yep. Chewane folks, uh, it looked like anything over 720 has the best savings or did I see that wrong? Uh, 740 credit is going to be the highest. It's going to top out the charts. Um, why is there not a picture there?
1: Oh, do I mean, we got anybody from West Virginia out there? Just, just, just checking. Are you from West Virginia? I'm from West, I'm from West Virginia. I told you I'm from, I did, I grew up just North of Wheeling.
0: My, my family's from West
1: Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I Cabin up, Creek. I, <laughs> I, I grew up right across the river from Steubenville, Ohio. Oh, your dad. I was talking to your dad one day and he's like, Oh yeah, we were there for something. And I'm like, well, right across the bridge. There was a sign that says Highland Hills, Highland Hills, whatever. I lived right up on that mountain.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yep. Good old West Virginia. Uh, let's doo-doo-doo. Tell me why it's okay. Uh, first time I'm able to watch you guys live. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, and feel free to ask some questions. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. Well, the, their name was, why <laughs> their is it okay was, like Yeah, It's
1: okay. We'd love to have uh,
0: you. Lee said, right on the border, West Virginia here.
1: Oh sweet. We gotta be in. Uh wearing my alumni shirt today. I went to WVU.
0: <laughs> I always oh my gosh. You thought so, I went to Harvard,
1: I, didn't you?
0: Yeah, that's exact I was that's exactly what I was thinking. Um Most people know. It was that or Stanford. I, I went to college in Virginia and anytime it's like an eight hour drive. And uh anytime I would always go through West Virginia and West Virginia's gorgeous, like driving through Uh, through the mountains and stuff and uh, I would always I'd always uh, find like a cigar lounge in West Virginia and take a break while driving Uh, it's a good time met some very interesting Interesting. people yeah we're all
1: interesting from West Virginia it was in the water
0: yeah Uh, Dune Um, is this community home ownership grant is really legitimate Um, well that sounds, it, it depends on which one you're talking about. Cause like community home ownership grant is the name of like probably a thousand different grants. Um, it's saying first time home buyers don't pay for down payments and no closing costs. Usually when something too good to be true, it usually is. Um, what we've found with a lot of down payment assistance programs is they often have, and I don't want to say like strings attached in this like really bad way, because down payment assistance can be helpful for certain people. Um, but what usually ends up happening is in that instance where there is kind of a little bit like, what's what's the catch? What's the what's the uh, downside here? Um, often the rate is higher. Um, and then also there's usually some sort of restriction with it. Often these are like resale restrictions where maybe you have to pay back all or a portion of uh, the money that you got when you go to sell. Um, maybe you get like a second loan. There's all these different types of things that can come with it. Um, Usually, what we found to be true is that non-down payment assistance loans tend to be better uh, mathematically than down payment assistance or loans with down payment assistance. So what I would do in your situation is ask them, ask uh, whoever you're getting this grant from is, can I see all of the documents with uh, this grant? And they should have given that to you in disclosures anyway, but read through it line by line. I know it's going to be boring, um, but it's going to help you understand like what is the actual implication of getting a grant like that. That way you don't find it out later when you want to sell that it's going to eat into your uh, money the check that you would get at closing when you sell because there was a grant on it that needs to be repaid. What about collections?
1: Um, Can I address this one? Yes, you can. I'll try to be as fast as I can, but this is where a lot of people I found out in the last two, three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. the last 2 3 weeks i've 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 had people kind of i had to talk them off the ledge because of what some of the things they've done. So let's talk about collections real quick. Um if you have a collection, the thing i want you to to understand behind it is we need to know pieces of that, okay? So i want you to look at your credit report if you have the ability to get one because what you're going to look at there's going to be two items. One is it's going to show you that it's in collection for sure. And then the next area that I want you to focus in on is the last active date. OK, so that's what where you really want to pay attention to. So let's, for example, let's say that the last active date was 2018 and it's a collection account. All right, here's what's gonna happen. The, the, the algorithms in the credit report's gonna read this. It's gonna read the coding that that account is in collection. It doesn't care about the the amount of the collection. It could be a dollar, it could be $10,000, it doesn't matter. It focuses on the coding of the collection and the last active date, okay? So in this, in this example, the last active date is a January of 2018. All right. So basically, at this point, it's really not affecting you that much because it's five years old. All right. But what happens is if you go in then and cl- pay off that collection, all that's going to happen is it's going to change. The coding still going to read a nine is a collection. The balance, like I said before, the balance doesn't matter. It, and now it's probably going to say zero. But with the other piece of the equation, it's going to read is now the last active date is going to repopulate to when you paid off that collection. So it's going to say now January of 2023 your credit score is going to plummet. So if you have to pay off the collections, what we rec- what we normally do to protect you from any any credit scores dropping is we'll pay them off at the closing. So we, we might say, well, you have to pay off these three collections. We'll just we, we include it in the closing. You're going to have to bring that much extra money. You would have to pay it off anyways, and we'll take care of it at closing. Okay, so that's the way to, to basically do it. If they're medical, don't even mess with them. Nobody cares about medical bills, uh, charge offs. Except the, same the
0: medical thing. collection companies. Yeah.
1: Everybody, everybody <laughs> has, them. everybody yeah. has them. So hopefully that clarifies it up because so many people come out there and say, you know, we can't help you because you have these collections, pay them off and then come back to me and let's revisit <laughs> this had one lady, her credit scores dropped over 80 points. She was oh, livid. Gosh. We didn't do it. And I said, well, what you just did, I can't change. I can't, you know, you shouldn't have done that. And so I, I can only teach you and educate you prior to doing it. Once you do it, you know it's done. But that's um, a fantastic question. Yeah, uh,
0: that, that I need to probably do like a whole video on collections and the ins and outs there. Yeah. Um, Antoine Reed, I was told by a lender that when trying to do FHA house hacking, um, which for those of you who don't know, FHA house hacking is just kind of a, a term used for when you live in one unit and you rent out the other units up to four units on an FHA loan. Um, Only rental income counts to help my debt to income ratio and none of the operating expenses count against it. So it sounds like, um, like basically what happens on an FHA loan is the other rental income will count to lower your mortgage payment. So let's say that the mortgage payment on, let's say a four unit was $3,000 per month. And that would include like taxes, insurance, Uh, any association fees if there there are there. Um, And let's say like your future rent that you could get from it is, let's say it's, I don't know, $3,000. So you take $3,000 times 0.75. So you could then use $2,250 as uh, to count against the mortgage payment. So then what we would do is take $3,000 minus 2275, and basically, instead of having a mortgage payment in your debt to income ratio of $3,000 per month, you effectively have a mortgage payment of $725 per month. To do what you're talking about, where you can write off operating expenses, um, that that more is a tax thing. But if you want to do that, um, it's not gonna positively help you. It actually would negatively affect you doing this. But if you are counting operating expenses in a mortgage in any instance, is if you would have two year history of being a landlord and you have those listed on your schedule e and keep in mind like this will lower uh your affordability not increase your affordability by counting on your taxes good one um you followed up with saying does this mean that technically i can get can be negative cash flow on this rental while having an improved dti um negative cash flow on the rental
1: yeah negative cash
0: yeah, the lenders don't care about yeah. cash flow. They're going to look at, they're going to use an appraisal form in 07, and they're going to look at comparative uh, rents in the area to determine what the projected rental income is going to be. Then they're going to use 75% of that to offset uh, your mortgage payment. They don't actually care about like on paper cash flow.
1: I think what he meant was he could technically have, be collecting more rents than his mortgage payment is. So he'd have a negative, a negative? I think that's what he meant. Oh, if the question yeah. is like,
0: can you can you use that income to, uh, like, Drew Drew said it concisely. Like, it's capped at the mortgage payment. You can't get income from that yeah. unless yeah. it's on a Schedule E, is probably yeah. the better. Yeah. <laughs> we worked our way through it. Um, tell me why it's okay," he said. Uh, I already called last week. Dan spoke and dealing with Patrick, who's Dan's son. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Uh, and you were very kind.
1: Awesome. Thanks. I'm not as mean as I am on these videos. No,
0: you're not. Um, Thanks for
1: calling in. We we probably like I said. I think we had a record day. It was like 35, and for January, that's nuts. So yeah. we're actually we're in the process of hiring. So if you if you go to Kyle's calendar and you you can't get it booked in for a couple of days, or my calendar, I have a couple of people starting next week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thanks to all of you who watch and who you know trust us to help you through the next process. You can do the home loan consult here. Um, and we're licensed in all 50 states to do mortgages. Uh, you know, when a lot of companies are like laying off people uh, like Dan just hired on another loan officer and uh, we're like in growth phase, uh, which is yeah. completely
1: opposite. <laughs> yeah. I'm working um, weekends, evenings, and I don't want to. As you can see, I'm old. Uh, Sarah said if you start a new career
0: partway through the year um, does that lower your income for purchasing a house my w-2 is lower for last year and even though I'm making the same money um, will they just average taxes you me oh you take it sorry
1: that that's gonna be well it depends um if you start a new career path at the year lower by income. We're going to go off the current, your current pay. So if you've been on the same job for a couple of years, we'll take an average, but we do we do account in there for raises and everything else. But if it's a whole new career, that's where it gets really tough because unless you have a, a basically a steady paycheck, you know, it's every week is 40 hours or 36 hours or whatever, you know, week after week after week, if there's any variance there, like one week's twenty-eight, the next week's thirty-two, the next week's you know forty, the next week's twenty-eight, it's tough. And especially because you're in a new field. We don't know how many hours you're going to make and how much money you're going to make, nor do you. So it's really tough to for us to get you know approve a loan in that situation. And I wouldn't really you know uh, you know think I, I wouldn't advise any of my borrowers or even my kids or whatever if you know if your income is all like this because if it's a brand new job. Be careful, you know, live off of what Kyle's rules are when you're buying your first house, you know, make sure you can afford it, this and that. And But you might have reserves in the bank and such. So that's why there's a lot of these questions I'd love to answer precisely, but they're a little deep. And that's why a lot of times we we, we do these consultations and we're not here to sell you on the consultation or whatever, but some of these are a little in depth that we, you know, it take might take us a half hour to explain this to you. And we have a hundred other people sitting there waiting to try to get another question in. So yeah, please, yeah. if you have an in-depth question please do this and uh we, we we're there for you we do like i said yesterday i think we had 33 consultations and tomorrow probably as much or more
0: yeah um cruz said i want to pay you for the one-on-one consulting uh well it's free <laughs> we don't yeah, charge no, it's, it's, uh it actually you is run not, here and we'll, we'll be there yeah. it's actually not uh is that true i don't think it's legal for us to charge anyway
1: yeah i yeah yeah that's free. We're, we're here to help. And if you you decide to use us for a mortgage, that's how we make money.
0: All right. Um, Ivarine, if I were to take money from my first property for a down payment on an investment property and income did not change much since first house was bought, is there a chance a lender would approve the loan? Yes, you absolutely can use a secured loan. Maybe it's a HELOC on the first property to use as a down payment on your investment property happens all the time that's perfectly fine uh miss crazy thanks for the super chat you said good evening guys i'm going to try to buy a home this year but my tax bill once i file 2022 is going to be pretty high will it affect my chances if i make a payment plan um with the irs um so i'm not do you remember what the conventional guidelines are for payment plans No, I
1: I don't know how many payments you have to make, but you you have to set up the payment plan. I I'm, I have a, I, I have a resource. Yeah. Normally you have to make a couple payments just because it's like child support. Just because you in the divorce decree it says you have child support, we have to validate it because we don't know you're actually receiving the child support. So in most cases what will happen is, you know, you have to show the the payment plans and then you you're you're probably going to have to show a couple months of those payments. Um,
0: this may be hard to see. Um, federal tax debt, lien not filed, which is probably where you're going to be in. Um, so this is going to be different depending on which loan type you're looking at. Um, and that's what Dan was mentioning too when we do the consults. Is like, it's hard to answer because there's multiple loan types and they all have different answers to them. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh document payment agreed and at least one month timely payment this is on uh, a conventional loan um let's see freddy is probably going to match even though they're silent on the guidelines um fha is going to require three payments
1: okay What in the world
0: can i not scroll over um va uh does not have any guidance so you it's going to depend on the underwriter i bet they're probably going to default to
1: yeah, Convent- oh, they might go to government loans.
0: They're probably so going to to three.
1: When you're looking at FHA, VA, and USDA, all those are government-backed or government-sponsored loans. Many times they somewhat have, you know, if it's a gray area, they'll, they'll fall back on one of the other programs. So I would assume on each one of those is three. On conventional financing, it's one. That's pretty, that's pretty good, one. So there's the answer. So um, you just need to figure out, you know, if you're going to go with a conventional loan or a FHA loan. Probably if you ha- you're, if you're having major tax problems because of your income, you're probably going to go with a conventional loan. Um do do
0: I will say too also that the payment will have to be included in your debt to income ratio. Did you yeah. talk about that?
1: No, I didn't. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Yep. Um so That's
0: that affordable. will that will affect Definitely. your affordability, so just a heads up there. Um, it's possible it won't have any impact on you, but it does get counted in there. Um, let's see. Let's see. The law too said, I sign up for a consult. I have found a few homes, but USDA says no, usually because it isn't the mill rate or the region or footage. Um, if it isn't the mill rate. Uh, so USDA eligible like property eligibility is actually based off of population size. Um, yeah, there's a map. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, you want me to pull that up? Okay, USDA eligibility. It's really
1: cool. Just Yeah, you. It, it, I don't know who what the name was, was on there, but if you Google um, USDA property yes. eligibility, it actually pulls up a really cool map. You just plug in the address yeah. and it says yes or no.
0: You click accept and, it is. and then you come in here. So like, let's go to, oh, let's go to Dan's neck of the woods. So obviously, all Chicago is not going to qualify because there's way too many people here. Um,
1: yep. Go out to uh, Sycamore. I just did one out there. Boy, it's you think way I know west. where Sycamore is at. <laughs> it's a way western suburb. So go up a little bit. Go from Chicago and just work your way west. Go west, young man. More west. You're gonna have to probably uh, zoom in some more. We there's there's bazillions of small towns out here. Wait, well, do you it's, see Schomburg? Is that Schomburg right there? I don't, oh my gosh.
0: Which, where should I zoom in here?
1: Uh, Just click click by Chicago again, or in that area, and then go to, uh, go west, and you can see DeKalb, DeKalb. Uh, Just a a hair to the right. Up, up, right there. Go right in that area. Yep. Oh, there we go. Right there. Sycamore
0: and DeKalb. In these instances, orange, the the map's kind of confusing. Orange does not qualify. You would think
1: it'd be the opposite.
0: Um, It's weird how
1: little pockets in many areas, like little pockets.
0: And so for a lot of people where it's like, okay, this is obviously the city uh, limit here. Um, But like if you can find a house and it doesn't work, you know, in all places, but if you can find a house in here, it's going to qualify USDA versus just, you know, right over here. Um, And this is probably, you know, this is probably what, like a five minute drive? 10 yeah, drive. That. yeah,
1: yeah, and I live just east of there. Twenty minutes, and then Chicago's not far from there. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's weird. You like San Francisco or San Diego? Right outside of San Diego is all USDA.
0: Yeah. Now, Believe can you find a house there that you like? That's a different <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah,
1: uh, but that's how you do it. You just just Google USDA property eligibility. It'll pull up that map. You can actually type in yeah. the address, and it'll say specifically that address yes or no
0: how many homeowners in the us buy their house in cash and never use a mortgage um, last i saw it hovered around a uh, low 20% so 20 i think it was like 23 24ish um, that might have changed recently but that was the last one
1: i saw and that's uh, i didn't you do a video recently about that i thought i thought cash buyers right now were the was the highest ever in 2022 at like 33%
0: Oh, you're right. No, we did that on the live stream. Uh, I didn't think it crossed to 30, though. I thought it was still it, like... It's,
1: it's way up there. Because, I mean, last year, or last two what years, I mean, a lot of people bought, you know, my nephew's by building a house on money he made on Bitcoin.
0: Wow. Well.
1: Yeah, he made a ton of money in Bitcoin, said, I'm going to sell it and just build a house, and, I'll be, and he's 30 years old. God bless him. And he'll be having no mortgage his whole life.
0: Uh... Let's see. In September, it was almost a third. So, I don't know, where is it at? Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't know. I need to dig back into that. Um, man, when did he get into Bitcoin? Like, when did he buy into Bitcoin?
1: Back, back year. Like my son, my oldest son. He same thing. He made. They they start buying Bitcoin at like a thousand bucks. Went wow. to sixty thousand. 60, I, wow. I think they got it when it was hundreds of dollars, and Jeez. they I mean these are young kids that just you know they were taking their paychecks and putting half of it in Bitcoin and it freaking paid off. Man, wow. did it! Pay
0: off. That's awesome. And
1: they got it, they sold out quite a bit at, the, at a good time too.
0: I feel like though when I start investing in things, things go down. So yeah, i the up same way.
1: I'll, I'll post when I'm investing. Everybody, <laughs> stay away from that.
0: <laughs> um. Daniel said greatly appreciate your solid navigation to a wild scene shout out from Nevada thanks for being hey, here David thanks Daniel um let us see reign of terror with interest rates as high as it is you lose easy on the longevity alone um and if you can't afford your current living situation why would you risk such a big purchase I don't I think we're going Rain to Tara the- was
1: the last one too, that said, why would somebody ever possibly buy in this market? What you have to understand is people aren't in your situation. I mean, there's things that come up where people just, they're, they're like, I, I want to buy a house. And not only, you know, they're not all first time home buyers. These are people moving up, people moving down. Like Kyle said, people getting divorced, just, just, they have kids, a dog, this, that they don't want to rent. So, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't, you know sit there and bash those people because it's their situation you know my my, my i 'll put this out there and it's kind of off the scene a little bit, but you know having kids when you know should you have kids i don't know i shouldn't be i shouldn't you shouldn't even ask me that question you know if you want to have kids, God bless you, have kids, but the same thing if, if somebody wants to buy a house, let them buy a house it's their money if, if you were making the mortgage payments for them that's one thing, but yeah, everybody has their own opinions.
0: Dylan, you asked, uh, when taking out an FHA loan, if you bid under value and they accept, can you take out the loan for a max amount and use the rest for improvements or do you have to take out the construction loan? Nope. It's going to go to the lower of the purchase price um, versus uh, you know what they listed it for. Um, otherwise, to get money for improvements, you're going to have to get a construction loan. Um, who pays for the mortgage broker fee, buyer or lender? So, I think that's a big misconception. Most mortgage brokers don't have like a fee that you pay. Um, and if you do see a fee listed out, it usually there's a credit offered with it um, to offset it. Uh, mortgage brokers used to work where it was like kind of a finder's fee, and it doesn't really work like that anymore. The way mortgage brokers work is uh, it's more like um, instead of it being the lender and the loan, them paying the loan officer. And then they have to pay for their marketing and their employment and all the other things that come along with it. Uh, they separate. And so, uh, you know, for instance, us, you know, we function as a broker, um, but we don't have to pay, you know, we don't have a company that does the whole, like, pays millions of dollars for Super Bowl ads and, you know, pays for tons of advertising and things like that that get passed on to you. We don't have any of that, so we can pass on the lower costs. Um, so there isn't like a fee that you pay for that. Um uh Miss Crazy said, Don't wait any longer. Last year videos scared me from buying, but this year I am going for it regardless of whatever. I would have bought in 2020, and videos scared me, and I regret it. The amount of people who have said this is high. Like where it's where they mentioned, like I was gonna buy in 2020, and then I was convinced to not do it, and now I'm really regretting it. Um and You know, that's not indicative of what's going to happen in the future, but that's just a common sentiment I've seen a lot, especially as we've seen a lot of like the big housing crash things. Um, And the only thing thing that's really interesting to me about like housing crash stuff is like define a housing crash. No one's defining a housing crash, nor the financial implications of it. So like, what is a fine? What is a housing crash? Like median listings drop 10%. Like housing, median home price drops 40%. What's that? What is a housing crash? Like no one's, so everyone's taking on the emotional weight of it and everyone wants to act like they're like super smart by looking at data, but they're not actually explaining what they mean by the outcome of the data by explicitly saying this is what a crash looks like, nor are they actually detailing like the financial implications of that. So let's say median home prices drop 40% what does that actually mean for somebody who owns a home and can continue making the payments? Cause if you're looking at like his, like history to actually understand what's happening with data, you're seeing anytime home prices have dropped, they've rebounded in less than six years. And that's happened over three or four different periods of home price depreciation. Um, it's just, it feels a little disingenuous to me because they, there's this like emotional baggage that comes with it. And you're assuming that everything's going to fall at the bottom when that's not really the case. Um, That's my rant. And I'll move on. Drew said, have you heard Canada won't let foreigners buy property for the next two years to counter the housing price increase? Uh, No. I am not familiar with uh, Canadian housing, (laughs) um, but that's a really interesting thing. I haven't heard about that. Um. Hundreds, Then they name one. I feel like they shouldn't say there that many. Well Um, which mortgage type do you find is best, Dan? What do you? What
1: do you Whenever do you think? one you get approved for. <laughs> <laughs> so here, really, it it basically comes down to it. Um. You know, it, it's if you can't get approved for a conventional loan, then it's not the best loan for you. I hate that, I hate that as my, my answer, but it is. Like, I presented somebody with an, a, a product today that I was able to get them approved for. I tried with the conventional financing, couldn't get approved. Went through FHA financing, couldn't get it approved had to go with a non-QM. So what we do is we come back to you and I explain to them, you know, here's, here's what happened when we tried conventional financing, doesn't work. And here's why the next thing is that we spoke the same thing about FHA. So I said, unfortunately, this is the only product that, that you're eligible for. So what we do is we pro- provide the, the borrower with all the information and say, here's, here's the only product you, 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 know, you will get approved for. Um, it has a higher rate than the other ones. It has a higher down payment than the other ones, but it's all that you qualify for. So we start out kind of trying to get you know, a 3% down, first time home buyer, purchase house you know, with a great rate. But if you don't fit in that, you kind of just got to work your way down. But ultimately, 740 credit score, 3% down, home ready product, so you don't get hit for the credit score dings and everything, and you're, you're in a house and you don't have to worry about the payment, you know, your payments going up in the future, yeah. uh, like, the, like a lot of rents do. Uh, Tell me why it's okay,
0: said, uh, I hear lenders say this all the time. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of loans out there. Then they name one. uh, Feel like they shouldn't say there are that many and don't look into others. Um, So I don't know who's saying that there are thousands of loans out there. Uh, There are probably hundreds, if not thousands of grants and down payment assistance programs. And the reason why that is, is because they're all local Um, and the US is huge and has how many counties are in the U.S.? Probably, oh God, probably no. thousands of counties in the U.S. Thousands and, thousands, and each yeah. county may have their own you know, down payment assistance grant of sorts. Um, cities so why, even have them.
1: Yeah, so that's why cities. like, specific Cities.
0: But those down payment assistance isn't a type of loan necessarily in the same way that you might think of a normal loan. I always think of there are pretty much four main types of loans where you have like conventional, FHA, VA, USDA. Down payment assistance actually is like kind of a modifier to those types of loans. So for instance, you might get an FHA loan with down payment assistance, even though the down payment assistance might be a type of loan, like a second loan, a second lien um, or a grant it's added on to the FHA loan. So the primary thing was FHA, or you have things like jumbo, which really kind of falls in, to, in line under the conventional category, just not the enterprise conventional, which I, I don't really have to get into that much um and then you have things like bank of america's you know bank of america has their own they call it whatever they call it uh it's a conventional loan it's a conventional loan that bank of america offers with a little special add-on um you have uh what are other ones home ready like it's a conventional loan it just has this little special nuance so
1: there's home ready home possible home one borrow 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 smart fha fha 203b fha 203k you know there's 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 a lot of them. There's not hundreds, but there, there is a lot of products out there, especially when you get to the non QM, they have bank statement loans, 1099 loans, DSCR loans, I 10 loans. Um, yeah, I I can keep going on. There's probably 20 different, you know, variations of, of non QM loans and probably 20 variations of the others. So you probably have 30 or 40. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like ice cream where it's like, okay, vanilla ice cream. I can describe that to you, but you didn't have to know which brand it was. Uh, but there might be yeah. thousands of vanilla ice cream brands and they're all gonna be slightly different. And you might like the one with vanilla bean or the one without it. Like It's all those little things. If that uh, analogy, analogy helps. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, or I'm hungry and haven't had dinner yet. Yeah. Um. Heart, heart, uh, moxa I don't know how to say that. Uh, love your channel. Well, thank you. Um. Yeah, there is no timer today because I can't hold up with a timer. <laughs> you think I can
1: answer a question under 30 seconds? Same. And a lot of these are just, they're tough to answer in general, that, that's why we do this. I love this because it keeps us on our toes as well.
0: It uh, Yeah. I feel like I learned so much on these live streams where I'm like, Oh yeah, forgot about that little thing yeah, that was stored here. Here. Yeah. we go and look up something. Um, you guys are so sweet. Uh, just like the ice cream analogy. Uh, thanks for answering. Um, yeah. And thank you for asking your questions.
1: Thanks for joining us.
0: Uh, I am about at my wall and I'm sure Dan is too. Um, one question here. I'm a DACA recipient. Where do you recommend I start looking to get an FHA loan? Come with us. We'd love to help. Uh, so we're licensed in all 50 states um, and we have a team of loan officers. You can just book a consult here, Um And Dan takes about half the calls right now. Uh, and we'd love to help. Uh, so again, it's free, no obligation. We'll walk through your scenario. And then uh, the next step after that is taking a look at an application, just so we can get all the, the numbers down. And then we can show you um, different quotes and what loans you would get approved for. Uh, that way you can make a, a competent decision moving forward. Uh, Aviator, you said, uh, I took a six month career break, saved money for it, um, maintained a 780 to 790 credit score, got a way better job, 55% increase. That's awesome. Um, Would the break be frowned upon by lenders? It's going to depend on loan type and what what your income is. So when you say you got a better job and it increased 55%, that leads me to think that this is a salary. Um, If it's a salary and you're looking at a conventional loan, that's going to be your best case scenario. If you're looking at like an FHA loan, you're going to have to be back on the job for another six months uh, to show job stability to FHA. Um, outside of that though like you're you have a high credit score I can't see why you wouldn't go conventional um, as long as your pay is like a salary that's going to be best if you're switching if if you're going to like hourly or commission over time or you're considering with that big of an increase I'm would, wouldn't be surprised if there was like stock options or um, RSUs in there uh, in that case you wouldn't be able to use that higher amount there because it hasn't been averaged since that break um, oh and you said same field salary increase so in that case yes on a conventional loan we'll document the salary um, and you'll be good to go that makes it very easy um, sweet uh, life of unique uh, can I use two lenders for a pre-approval Dan you want to take that
1: yeah, but it's yeah. I, I guess the answer the, the technical answer is yes. But what you wanna kinda work on is you got you gotta understand our point of view as well. Um, we spend a lot of time, you know, trying to educate you and working on your loan and getting you pre-approved and making sure we answer all your questions and everything like that. Where it kind of gets frustrating is, you know, you use all those pieces and then we educate you for two, three months, get you into the thing. And then you go with the other lender because they they beat us by, a, you know, a point one, two, five in the rate. So we, we, you got to understand is most of us work on basically hundred percent commissions. So we don't have salaries and everything else. So, you know, a lot of times it gets frustrating when we're, we're working, you know, you got two people working, going back and forth and back and forth. I get it on the consumer side. It is, it is much meta-official, but you should kind of, you know, vet each one of them, see which one of them has the best, you know, rate and terms for you on, on a, on a specific day. And then, pick that pick that company and run with it because if they had the best rate on that the day you got pre-approved they're probably going to have the best rate once you get approved as well so i always say you know just stick with one of them so you don't have two people working hard to help you and then you have to tell one of them no but technically yes you can you can get two pre-approvals you can get 10 pre-approvals if you want but yeah that's that would be my take on that so not trying to be rude i'm just trying to be realistic
0: um, Anita said, appreciate the consultation on Monday. Got in touch with Naviant college loan, waiting for more information. i um, looking forward to working with you. Awesome. Cool. cool. Well, thank you all for being here. Um, there's plenty of questions we couldn't answer because we're just two people and we would be here all night <laughs> answering questions. So here's yeah. what we can do if your question was unanswered. We'd love to talk with you. You can go to winthehouseyoulove.com and book a free consult with us. Um, all you have to do is just go. You click when you're free. That way we don't play phone tag and we're not going to harass you because um, nobody likes that. It's not fun. So book a time that you're free and that we're free. Um, and then uh, somebody on our team will reach out, uh, Dan or a couple other loan officers, and we can walk you through some of the next steps. You can also email me. My email is in the description. Um, please go to uh, Dan's channel as well. And yes, we've been going for an hour and a half. We usually do two, and I promise Dan that we're going to start keeping these shorter uh, because he also needs a little bit of some time off um, at the end of So, Thank you all for being here. We do these every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you on the next one. Um, and then, of course, Dan and I both make videos. Uh, go follow him or subscribe, I guess is the YouTube word. Uh, and then uh, I'm sure I'll make a new video here soon. So... Thank you all. Have a wonderful night and we'll talk to you soon.